Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. Baseball America Facebook Live and podcast here. J.J. Cooper, Hudson Blinsky, and Carlos Galazzo. As we're going to wrap up a very crazy, a very busy, a very fun first day of the draft. Before we do that, though, we do want to thank you for tuning in, and we want to thank our sponsor, Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. Looking for that perfect Father's Day gift or the uh, graduate gift uh, for some graduate in your life? Go to Baseballism.com, enter the code BA2017, and you will get free shipping on your order. Baseballism gear, as we always, are sporting. Got the hats here, too. But so, we're jumping in. We're just going to do this rapid-fire Less questions tonight, sorry guys, but we'll hopefully answer your questions because we're going to cover all the teams. We'll knock out the first one first. Cardinals, tonight, so far, nothing. They uh, lost all their picks in the penalties for uh, the uh, Chris Correa um, hacking scandal, and so we will talk about them more on a future podcast. So one team down, 29 to go. We're going to go alphabetical from here. Arizona Diamondbacks, whose first pick was at pick seven. The Diamondbacks take Paven Smith, first baseman, Druellis, third baseman, slash first baseman, and Dalton Varsho, catcher, slash OF. Catcher now, but I think the theme, Hudson, that we could say for this draft was college bats. Oh, yeah, no question. And it, it, it aligns with uh, some of the thinking that you typically have seen from that Boston regime that has gone to Arizona. I mean, Boston's been a, not necessarily an analytically inclined, but... Generally leaning that way, a team that's very thorough in their information, and now you think about it, Mike Hayes and Amiel Sade in charge of the operation generally in, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're probably, I'm guessing those were the guys who signed off on the picks. And Haven Smith, deep track record of performance. You know, does not strike out. Does not strike out. Right? And we mean he, does not. He hit more home runs than, stri- had, than he had strikeouts. He's the hardest in the NCAA to strike out this year. I know he was very close to the top of the list. but I, I believe, and, and that's also considering he's playing in the, uh, the, the, the ACC. He's not playing in the JV mm-hmm. League. So that, I, I like that pick. And then Drew Ellis also, uh, Justin Perline did some analysis, our intern for the summer, did some analysis on the class, and, and Drew Ellis did really well in that analysis uh, in terms of Weighted on base average, uh, weighted runs above average. You know some of these these more uh, more careful analytical measures mm-hmm. um, that are, are not going to necessarily weigh uh, you know each each outcome the same. So yeah, um, so some some good stuff there on 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 Ellis as well, and then Dalton Varsho. Like Dalton Varsho is, is a really good value pick. I think at sixty eight. I think he starts to make sense there. We had heard him a little bit earlier than that. We heard him uh, possibly in the first round, back which, in the first which, round. which Seemed high. And, and so I think when you're talking about where you get college catchers, I mean, he ends, he up, being, he ends up being the first college mm-hmm. catcher off the board in a light college catcher class. And I think there are some good good day two picks mm-hmm. uh, in the college catching class. But Value is in the They're day, day two. Yes. Um, so here you get the, the first college catcher. You get a guy who's, uh, who's, had, who's really hit this year. You have some questions on whether he's going to be able to catch, but he seems like a pretty good athlete. 
good pick, I think, you know, from where they got him. So three college bats, those are all safe bets. Uh, I think you, you can count on those guys to have some, some immediate prospect value. Whether they're all big leaguers is another question, but uh, they're all going to carry some value as, as performers. So we go on the Braves. We're just rolling right through mm-hmm. this. The Braves picked fifth, and then we get a 41. The Braves were a team that we kind of thought could be kind of a fulcrum-type team, mm-hmm. a team that, that created kind of what happened after them. And then when it's all said and done, Kyle Wright's on the board yeah. at five, and Carlos, I mean, Kyle Wright's who they take. Yeah, it seems like they've been interested in Kyle Wright for a while. We've heard them tied to Kyle Wright for a long time in this cycle. Um, and I think you can make an argument that Kyle Wright's the best player in this draft, purely on talent. I know we've talked about signability before, but Kyle Wright, he's got that mix of upside and floor that you really want to see. And then uh, Drew Waters is our best prospect out of the state of Georgia, an interesting power speed guy. So and have, the Braves yeah. love to take guys out of Georgia. They, it's a general trend of theirs going back many a year. Back to, wait, Go back when uh, Rob English was the area scout, George Lombard and all that, back when I was uh, uh, a lot younger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like their draft yeah. a lot. I think, you know, with right. Drew Waters, you get another guy who's a, a first-round talent based on where we had him in our rankings. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I had heard interest in him as, as high as the mid-teens. So, the, 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 you get two really good players, and you get the guy who might end up being a big leaguer pretty quickly, and, and is very in, in Kyle Wright. You get a guy who might be a part of the foundation mm-hmm. for your World Series club, a, your run in a couple of years. So, I think it's a great pick. The, the thing that also stands out to me about this is I felt like the, the draft worked out the way the Braves had hoped it would. Yeah, because. If, if Brendan McKay, who goes four, had gotten heads, let's say Kyle Wright goes four, which wasn't, I don't think, going to happen, but let's say it did, and they're sitting there, Brendan McKay is the fifth pick. I think that was the guy that they didn't, you know, like, yeah, that they were less team. on as far as, because he didn't match the same Braves upside. You know, he's, he's more of a, he's a very good player, but I don't, I feel like of the top five. With, with McKay, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my information was different based on how, how on, what I heard from, from people within that organization, I, I thought they were pretty high on mm-hmm. McKay. I just don't think they really ever envisioned him being there ultimately, and so I don't think they really bared down for that reason. Okay, that moves us on to the third team. Well, the fourth team we're doing. Carter's already knocked out. The uh, Orioles. Uh, the Orioles picked at twenty one sixty, and then a supplemental competitive balance pick. The competitive balance pick, I should say, at seventy four. DL Hall, Adam Hall. So they go Hall and Hall, mm-hmm. and then Zach Lowther, uh, Lowther. Uh, Lowther is what I've heard. Yeah. I've also heard Lowther. I can't confirm that. So enough. two lefties and a, and a Canadian shortstop. D.L. Hall at 21, if you go by the our board, that was a, a very solid pick. Mm. High upside lefty. And uh, you talked about Hudson, just the upside this guy has. I mean, you mentioned the East Coast Pro showing that you saw him have. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the best performance of anyone, I think, think the whole summer. Um, and I say anyone. Uh, if, you, if that was all, if you got to only see the best performance of every one prospect, I think this guy would have been, you know, the number one pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was that kind of good. It, it was, you, you had a lefty sitting in the mid-90s with looseness, athleticism. He was commanding that day. And, oh, by the way, he had a hammer-breaking yeah. ball. And, and when that pitch is on, it's completely unhittable. It's it's this, like, sharp 1-7, 12-6, just... Power bite, late snap. The problem is it's not always on. Command isn't always there. Yeah, You're gonna have to develop that. It's not gonna be. He's not going to the big leagues tomorrow. Yeah. That, that, this is what the minor leagues are for, and I think it's a really good pick at 21. 
athletic basketball player when he was at Houston County High in his junior year. Um, you know, can dunk. I mean, yeah, I'll have to look up uh, one of the videos of, of D.L. Duncan. They, uh, <laughs> there, there was at the tournament of stars last year. I guess he was he was playing around with some some friends and went up and I think he, I believe he jumped over someone, uh, a person who like <laughs> and yeah, D.L. He was make clear D.L.'s not the six seven like you know. no D.L.'s like six foot six yeah. one so he, he's he's very athletic, uh, uh, fun humble kid you know. Uh, Hall, the other picks they, they, they took. Adam Hall, um, second Canadian off the board. Uh, shortstop who, you know, everyone's seen for uh, a pretty long while, but at the same time, I think it's 60. Was that a little higher higher than you expected? or You know what? It, and you we're going to get to some, some other guys who fit a similar kind of description. In the summertime, I would have said if he went, was available at 59, no shot. No mm-hmm. shot this guy would have been available at 59. I believe he was in the 20s or late teens of our, our high school top 100 in the fall. Uh, don't quote me on that exactly. But um, you, you, in the summertime, we were looking at a guy who was a maybe shortstop, probably plays the outfield, second base, but he showed you flashes at shortstop. But the thing you were, you were really enthused about was the bat. This guy had showed you bat speed. He had made plenty of hard contact on the showcase circuit against good pitching. He's been famous for a long time. This spring, not the same, not 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 quite the same offensively as he was. Uh, you know, I mean, struggled a little bit early. But the thing you got to remember about those trips for the Canadians when they first go south, they've not played outside yet. Mm-hmm. And they're they're Canadian, and it's it's April, it's March, April. So spring training when they go on those trips, the Canadian Junior National Team plays against minor league teams. They play against the actual Blue Jays, but that's really spring training for them. So I, I think sometimes we can can over-evaluate a little mm-hmm. bit for some guys who are just getting outside for the first time. So I, I do think it's it's a justifiable pick where they got him. Red Sox, two guys they take tonight. Uh, 24, they take right-hander Tanner Houck from Missouri. Right-hander for a long track record at Missouri. And then at 63, they take uh, athletic high school outfielder, happens to be from my hometown, Cole Brannon uh, at 63. So Hudson, uh, let's start with Houck. Again, at that spot, about the spot we kind of expected, but... You are getting a, a pretty lengthy track record there. Tons of it. I mean, that that's the name of the game. I mean, uh, there were teams that tried to sign Tanner Houck out of high school. Uh, he had matched up with Alex Lang in, in high school. I believe they pitched against each other. And then uh, kept doing it in college. Yeah, and they kept both, doing it in college. And they both go in the top 30 tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but with with Houck, and we talked about him, I think, on the earlier Facebook Live. I don't know if we've talked about a million conversations. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, with Houck, you're getting a really deceptive physical guy. Um, and if he's a starter, fantastic. If not, he's an impactful reliever, um, and you need impactful relievers. Um, there's there's a place for that, especially in Boston. You know, like there's you have a guy who throws from kind of a lower slot, mm-hmm. sinks the fastball a ton, throws mid low to mid nineties, velocity not quite this where not quite where it was last year. This year, uh, I could have said that easier way, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think like, it's a good pick. The thing is. You're with him. Yeah, I'm going to need a little more coffee. The the, uh, the slider was was in, his slider was inconsistent uh, this year. Not particularly good early. You're going to have varying opinions on that slider, but big time deception fastball life. Yeah. And then Cole Brandon, you're getting a, a an athletic outfielder um, yeah. who's got some speed, but he has a little bit of pop there too. Yeah, he does a little bit of everything. I think Cole Brandon's a, a fine player, a fine pick there. Um, you're you're kind of banking on him growing into some more power, becoming a little more physical. As he becomes a man, but a guy who's going to probably play center field, tons of value there. Good, good high school bat to take in that that round. 
Now the Cubs, much like they did last year, pitching, pitching, pitching. It used to be that we always just said the Cubs were, it was just going to be all position players that were going to take a, a college bat with the first pick. Well, this time we get Brendan Little, lefty, uh, from Juco lefty at 27. Alex Lang, we just talked about it even a little bit, the LSU righty at, uh, again, long track record at 30. And then Corey Abbott, right-hander from Loyola Marymount. So three college pitchers, very yeah. different college pitchers. But yeah, what's interesting to me about all three of those guys is that neither of them is a bona fide, no-doubt starter. Um, and, and But they all have that kind of ceiling, mm-hmm. you know, is, is the thing. So, so you, you kind of throw three darts. Uh, you, put, you put the blindfold on and throw three darts in a line, and maybe you get a bullseye. Um, maybe you do get a starter out of this group. I think Brendan Little's, you know, no doubt, the highest ceiling of this group. You're talking about a lefty with... You know, the, the ability to reach the mid-90s with a hammer-breaking mm-hmm. ball. The day I saw him this spring was his worst start of the year. He, he, was, he, had, he had a blister. Uh, he struggled with that. His, the pitching coach there at State College of Florida, uh, his name's escaping me right now, but he's a former big leaguer, worked a lot with Brendan. Yeah, we um, have a really good story on BaseballAmerica.com kind of talking about how Brendan Little yeah. has kind of overcome some of those control issues that he had last year and even early. Yeah, I mean, his, his freshman year, you know, he, High school, senior year, I mean, he was in the BA 500 in 2015, mm-hmm. and I believe early 100s, right around 120, if I recall. Uh, and at that point, I mean, he walked, I think, close to five or six batters per nine in high school in Conestoga, Pennsylvania. So not not like he was doing that even in a hotbed, in mm-hmm. a, you know, so not the place you want to be walking a lot of yeah. guys. Uh, and then goes to North Carolina and doesn't doesn't have the command to pitch right away for the Tar Heels, so doesn't pitch a lot and transfers. Here he is, first-round pick. It, it works out pretty well. And I do like, I mean, the Cubs, I, I, you obviously, the, the Cubs have earned a lot of kind of, hey, they seem to know what they're doing. But the thing that's, very, that's very interesting about this is, is that they have very clearly targeted, okay, we feel, this makes sense. They have the bats. Their bats, they don't really have openings. They're trying to figure out a way to shoehorn Ian Happ into an opening. But they don't really have openings in their lineup. For quite a while, probably. Mm-hmm. They have plenty of openings for pitching, and so they're loading up. You know what's interesting about all three of these guys, too, is they all have potential for plus breaking balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Little and Lang are talking about curveballs, more top-to-bottom pitches. Two of the best curveballs in this draft. Absolutely. And then uh, Abbott, I haven't seen Abbott live, but my understanding is that he's got more of a slider, and he he's probably, um, you know, there was a few guys today that went in the second round that we were a little bit lower on mm-hmm. in rankings. I think we had Abbott at 184. Yeah, we didn't have we 149. Didn't, we didn't jack him up. Mm-hmm. The the interest that we heard, you know, it's a really small sample of him succeeding, mm-hmm. right? And, and I guess he he learned his slider uh, watching a video from Noah Syndergaard on YouTube. Yeah. And and, mm-hmm. and he, if you look at his stats, uh, there's a very clear delineation of when he had learned that slider mm-hmm. and when he had not. Uh, so it's like a hard mid to upper 80 slider that's in the guy's 90-93 off the mound or, or with the fastball. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of that true power mm-hmm. hard slider. And you look at his performance, his strikeout rate was exceptional. He, he kept rising, and that's what happens. Sometimes these guys will rise. People keep telling us, yeah, move this guy up, move this guy up. And we do it, and we do it, and we, we don't quite do it enough. So that happens to us sometimes. He's also a guy who moved to the uh, third base side of the rubber and I guess found some success. I know you're a big fan of that, that, JJ. That. So. There you go. Let that um, slider break in on ready, son. If the Cubs were going all about the pitching, the White Sox uh, had two picks tonight, and they were all about the college power bats, which follows up taking Zach Collins, who mm-hmm. was a college power bat from last year's class, first-round pick. So at 11, they take Jake Berger, third baseman from Missouri State. 
at 49, Gavin Sheets, first baseman from Wake Forest. And uh, again, you're, you're talking about a very clear, so far, two picks, but a very clear trend mm-hmm. in those two picks. Yeah, I mean, I think that they obviously value the power for both of those guys. Uh, you get one who's who's a, a maybe first baseman, probably maybe third baseman and Jake Berger, and then you get one who's, who's definite first baseman. And um, with Berger, you have, you have the differences in righty-lefty for both of these guys. You're getting extreme power from both of them. These are probably two of the best power bats in the college class. Uh, you know, I think you could probably include Brent Ricker in that discussion. Brent Ricker goes ahead of the White Sox in the second round. Um, but, yeah, Gavin Sheets, the dude raked this mm-hmm. year, yep. son of a big leaguer. And then Jake Berger has done it for three years at, at Missouri State. He's long been thought of as a first-round talent. Um he he was interesting. We didn't, uh, you know, we also ultimately didn't rank him as high as he went. But I, I don't think that's a reach at all at eleven. I think he, he's totally justifiable there. I think we were only like we had like fifteen, maybe fifteen, twenty, something like that. Some not far, not that to- far. Totally just fine. We had sixty-five and Burger twenty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reds. Reds have the second pick in the draft. Hunter Green. Come back with a competitive balance pick, Jeter down, shortstop. Mm-hmm. And then second round, they take Stuart Fairchild, outfielder sent out of Wake Forest. Wake Forest. I, I, Goodness, you, what a good draft. You can't, I mean, you, well, picking two helps. Yeah, I mean, have, you have, <laughs> yeah, maybe win some games in the big leagues and then you don't but, have to. But picking two helps. Two, that, yeah. said, that said, there is a lot to like about that, you know, that draft. Okay, first thing, I'll put you two guys on the spot. So, the best short Jeter Downs is good. He's not the best shortstop that they drafted. You know, <laughs> they, you know. We were actually debating who who the best shortstop of this class. Should yeah, be if you if you go today. if you go look at our yeah. our rankings for for the just the shortstops because Hunter Green is largely ranked where he is at because yeah he's the right hand he's, mm-hmm. he's the number one prospect in the class for us because of his upside on the mound. That said, I started to break it down a little bit. We've ranked him, if he were just a shortstop, um, and go look at our list on baseballamerica.com, position by position. You yeah, we have see. all the position rankings. Hunter Green is number one on the shortstops, yep. and it's... How hard was it for you to put him over Royce Lewis? Because Lewis is a guy, again, who could... With, with, if, if, we're, if we're pretending that Hunter Green's not going to pitch, which yeah. he's going to pitch, it, it, the guy's going to pitch, it's happening. Uh, if we're pretending he's not going to pitch... Then it becomes very interesting because with with Hunter Green you have to develop a little more feel to mm-hmm. hit. Um, you have massive massive tools and, and the body control, the range, the arm uh, that he has at shortstop. Ex- exceptional raw power, mm-hmm. pure feel to hit is not quite at the same level as as a Jeter Downs, as a uh, Royce Lewis. And those guys are a little maybe a little more well rounded for that that reason as position players. But maybe Hunter Green would be a mm-hmm. better hitter if he didn't. Focus on trying to throw yeah. a, a fastball 101 miles an hour and with command. So, you know, uh, again, unanswerable question. You, the, the fascinating thing to me is going to be okay, Hunter Green is going to be one of those difficult players. You, you figure out that you figure that they're going to start very slow with him because that's generally what teams do, like as far as what level they'll send them to. But for one, don't have that many innings on the arm this year. So that's you, all intentional, too. Yeah, so it's like you, so you're going you're gonna to get a guy. You don't have to just shut down and say, we'll see you next year. And, and to explain that a little yeah. further, Green shut down after roughly, I think it's 28 innings he pitched. I think it was four or five starts that he made this spring. Uh, and then he was shut down as a pitcher uh, with the thinking being rest before the draft and then get ready to roll quickly after the draft. So he's not going to have a, a long layoff 
I assume this deal is going to get done relatively quickly. Um, you know, nothing yeah. set in stone, no dry ink yet. Right. But I assume it's, it's going to be done by July fifteenth. It's going to get certainly. done. So. And, and so you look at him. You look at it this way: from a player development perspective, you can go get him some innings in affiliated ball right now. Keep him going through instructs and be comfortable with that because he's, his innings were limited this spring. So we had him at 28 innings with uh, 43 strikeouts and four walks this season. So, so is that good? It's pretty solid. So the thing about this is, he probably goes he goes to the AZL. You would assume to start you know to start his pro career. I am very bummed that he's not going to be in the Appy League uh, in our backyard this year. But the thing about him that's going to be interesting is, is next year he is a guy. I know he's got to work on developing the breaking ball and all that, but the reality is, is he is a guy who very well, much more so to me than if you took the guys like the Riley Pint from last year's class, who was you know the top high school uh, right-hander on the, on the class, all that, Ian Anderson, those guys. I, I think he may get to low A next year. He is the guy who could be like, you know what, low A is just not enough of a challenge for him. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Loi being a problem for him because his fastball velocity, command, life, all right, that. Right, that's what I'm saying. He may have to move to high A pretty quickly just to get, just to really have somewhere where that it it gets the development of okay, you you need to sometimes you need to be able to be punished for not getting not breaking off that breaking ball, things like that. Yeah, I think uh, you could see sort of a Rick Porcello esque kind of jump through the minor leagues because he's he's relatively polished. He doesn't have everything he's going to need to compete at the major league level right now. But it's hard to imagine a whole lot of minor league guys being able to hit this guy. So maybe that development's going to come at the big league level. He's probably going to get there really quickly. He might be there 20, 21 years old. So you're, you're looking at a really, really exciting prospect mm-hmm. there. And, oh, by the way, Stuart Fairchild, that guy's really good. That guy's going to play center field, and he's showing power this year. I mean, he, he's playing in Wake Forest, hitter's paradise. <laughs> But still, he's, he's hitting the ball out of the yard, and he's going to play center field. That's an impactful player. That, I mean, that's, that sounds like an average regular or better. And then that's your third pick. You also got Hunter Green and Jeter Downs. Jeter Downs had proven himself to be one of the better hitters in the high school class for a lot of evaluators this spring. So hard to find anything not to like about that draft. No, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a pretty easy one to, uh, to, to like. Yeah. Um, Indians. The Indians don't have the first-round pick this year. They do take two guys, though, still today, because they did have the competitive balance B-round pick, supplemental mm-hmm. second round, as we like to call it. Uh, so they take Quentin Holmes, speedy outfielder from high school outfielder from New York, uh, 64th pick, and then they turn around and take shortstop Tyler Freeman out of, uh, of uh, California, Rancho Cucamonga, uh, high school shortstop. Itawanda. Yeah. Itawanda. Itawanda in Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah. I don't want to in Rancho, but uh, <laughs> that's a handful right there. But Quentin yeah. Holmes, Holmes who, is a guy you've been all over, Hudson. Well, I mean, some Quentin Holmes. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of this kid, and um, you know, I've uh, talked to him a lot over the past year. I've gotten to know him a little bit and understand his the way he thinks about the game, the way he approaches the game, uh, and those are really, really exciting attributes that he has in terms of his makeup. He's the leader of every team he's ever been on. Mm-hmm. He's one of the hardest workers on every team that he's ever been on. Um, was the personality for the 18U national team, the personality for the area code uh, Yankees, East Coast Pro Rangers, all of this stuff. By the way, he's a plus runner. He's He filled out. He got a lot stronger. He showed a little more pop this spring. Um, he has that surprising pull power where it, it, it kind of 
you know, he'll, he'll hit a line drive, and you're, you're going to think, all right, well, that's going to die soon. And then it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. It, it's that extra thump in there, and the uh, quick hands, wide hips, runs like a deer, all the cliches you want to throw at this guy, he's got them. Not the best spring for him, and that's why he ends up at 64 and not 24 or 14, which you might have thought he might have been uh, in play for early on or entering the year. But an exciting value pick, I think, at 64. Yeah, and then Tyler Freeman, 71. Yeah. He hit over 500 in the regular season. He's yeah. controlled the bat pretty well. Yeah, Tyler. Does he get shortstop for you? Maybe. He's, he's very similar to Jeter Downs, mm-hmm. we just talked about. And he proved himself offensively um, as a hitter. And, mm-hmm. and he's he's always hit. He's another very high makeup person. Um, you know, I don't know him personally as well as I know Quentin Holmes, but uh, you know their makeup reports on Tyler Freeman are awesome. And there's actually he's actually written some blogs that are really? that are about leadership and about his approach to the game that are really. If you, I mean, you you got, I mean, you ought to dig on all these guys. But go on the internet. I'll try to retweet. I'll, I'll try to find Tyler Freeman's blog posts, but they're. They're pretty cool. He has blog posts that he doesn't need to protect before the draft. I mean, there are other players who they need to basically scrub uh, before the yeah, draft. Yeah, but, but Amy, you're getting a hitter. And, and, and we kept moving him up, too. I'm not sure if we moved him up. I mean, I think on consensus we probably had him in the right spot, but the conversations I had were with him were very much, like I had specific conversations with evaluators relating him to Jeter Downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jeter Downs goes about 40 picks higher. This guy seems like a similar player. Be honest with you. So then we go on to the Rockies. Again, the Rockies didn't have a first round pick. Uh, I believe that was the uh, uh, Ian Desmond, uh, Ian Desmond, Ian Desmond signing. But they do have two guys, two picks tonight. Still, forty eight and seventy. Uh, Ryan Belay, third baseman from uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Well, Texas and then Oklahoma. And then uh, Tommy Doyle, right hander from Virginia, who uh, looked really good late. I mean, guys can make some money, you know, in the yeah. regionals. And yeah, he had a, a very good finish and. Um, you know what's interesting? He's another one who probably did, ultimately didn't rank high enough. He's he's been a reliever this year for Virginia. He's gonna have, possibly have a chance to start at the pro uh, the, the next level. Um, I got a lot got some comparisons from him uh, to Corbin Martin, saying saying what's what's so different about this guy? We'll from, be talking about Corbin, Corbin, Corbin Martin. Martin. Yeah. Corbin Martin, Texas A&M guy, went to was the Astros fifty six. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. With Doyle, you're getting a big physical right hander, good arm action delivery. Big fastball, not always. The velocity was not always there. Consistently low nineties, sometimes mid nineties, and at the end he spiked and hit ninety eight in the regional. Uh, he's got a really good cutter slider thing that he's that he works with, and he's, he throws a lot at UVA. Probably learned to pitch off the fastball a little bit more at the pro level, but a potential starter there, which is a, a good value, I think. And then Valade, Valade was a was a hard one for me this year because if, if you had a Mount Rushmore of Bad area code games performances. He'd be right up there. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was not indicative of who he actually is. You know, tired middle of the sun, end of the summer, dog days of August. Really struggle at the area code games. Bounced back. Had a really good fall. Had a really good spring. Did it in front of the right people. You're getting a guy who's probably not going to stick at shortstop, but has the tools to play second or third, and has profile power for either one of those positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and by all accounts. Extremely good makeup on this guy. Coach's kid who's been around the game, been around big leaguers, basically. Uh, you know, Elvis Andrus uh, worked with him. He's yeah. I mean, he he's got a, a the background is really good there. So that moves us on to the Tigers. And if I just close my eyes 
didn't know anything about this draft, and I said, okay, wait, let me guess. Okay, so the Tigers are picking 18. Is there going to be an SEC pitcher available? Yes, yes, there is. Alex Fado, 18 to the Tigers. And then Ronaldo Rivera, 57 in the uh, Chipola outfielder slash first bases. Yeah. Um, that is a, that is a Tiger. Well, if, if we had a conversation on, on January 1st, right, and said, you know, who, who do you think are some options for, for the Tigers at 18? Alex Fado would have never worked into the conversation. No way he's in that discussion six months ago. I mean, he, he, he was in closer to the 1-1 discussion mm-hmm. uh, for the Twins. And, you know, he scuffles a little bit early. He's, he's had uh, both of his knees have been scoped, both for, for minor uh, things. And he pitched every, he made every start this year. Uh, you know, wasn't, what, velocity wasn't great early on. Velocity was really good this past weekend. Um in the, uh, the Super Regional against Wake Forest. Um, this guy's got a, a monster slider. It's it's a late, late snapper, and it comes in and it bites late, and I think his changeup's really good, too. It's up there right when Bukowski's a slider in the class, right? Yeah, I would say that the, those are the two two big ones in the class. And and with uh, with Fado, the other thing to mention on him, second Alonso High School uh, alum, I have to call this guy back, <laughs> but I will get back to him very quickly. Um, the, 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 the second Alonso High School alumni going in the top twenty picks, uh, previous one Jose Fernandez. Um, so good company. We're got, I'm trying to just move us along a little quicker. So we I'm sorry, no, no, two no, no, into no, all no, these no, guys. No, it's good. It's Ronaldo good. Rivera can hit. Yes, Ronaldo <laughs> Rivera can hit. He had a monster NJ. Uh, in the National Junior College World Series. Monster. Yeah. But that brings us up. You mentioned Bukowskis. Yep. I, to me, if I said the guy who fell because just how the draft worked out, mm-hmm. who, if you're, you said about Fado and about how if you're the Tigers and Fado at 18, if you're the Astros and we were talking in mid-late March and you said, how about J.B. Bukowskis oh, at 15? No way. It would have been like, no, there's just no, he's not going to be there. J.B. Bukowskis, Joe Perez, the third baseman, which we'll get into. Yeah. Corbin Martin, right-hander, and then J.J. Matajevic, because they get the picks from the Cardinals. So that's why they pick four times tonight. Yeah. Bukowskis to the Astros seems like a good fit, just because, I mean, we talked about how Bukowskis pitches off his slider a lot in college. Well, the Astros this year throw the fewest amount of fastballs as a team at the major league level. I think only, only the Yankees yeah, throw the Yankees, fewer yeah. fastballs. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Uh, how his usage changes when he gets into that organization because they don't seem like he's yeah. afraid to throw a lot of breaking balls. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that the uh, talking to JB about this mm-hmm. uh, throughout the season when he's in our backyard at North Carolina, so it was, we got to see him a lot. But with with him, see, rather than just pitching on his fastball, he wants to work on fastball deception. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to imagine that ninety six doesn't always play at the collegiate level, but it doesn't. And sometimes what, what JB says is that he's got a tendency to rush his front side uh, with his, his front hip opening up, and then he's he's here. When he's here, his fastball's right here, and you can see it all the way through, right? So that fastball, look, look, it's 96, but if you can see it back here rather than right out here, mm-hmm. it's a very different look for a hitter. For sure. So he's got the monster slider, going to need to work the on the anti Zach Lowler. Zach Lowler. Oh, uh, yeah, the opposite of Zach Lowler. Yeah, Lallard, well, lefty, righty, but Lallard, you don't see it until basically a dog. Yeah, they're big, 6'5-ish, you know, huge dude. Bukowski is 6'1", six six but not small. 
Yeah. Broad shoulder, physical, athletic. And then Perez. Perez, Perez, third base, pick 53. Me and Hudson were talking about this all spring. I mean, Perez performed better as an offensive player than anyone on this team with Archbishop McCarthy, and they're one of the best teams in the country yeah. uh, for high school hitters. Uh, and he's obviously got the fastball that gets up there in the mid-upper 90s. He can, he can really put it up, put up the velo there. But he hit like eight home runs this season, was the best hitter on his team. And he had Tommy John surgery recently, and we thought that might cause him to slide down a little bit. But he's taken probably higher than, than we expected him to, I would say. A mm-hmm. Miami commit, you might think he goes to school and, and hits at the VH his freshman year with that Tommy John surgery. Honestly, but, that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. I thought he, because uh, um, you know, what I had heard is that he'd be ready in time for the spring to DH at Miami. Mm-hmm. And what that tells you is probably going to be ready to DH for the Astros next year. I mean, with a, a guy like that, you usually don't see those kinds of guys uh, rushed to mm-hmm. full season ball. You usually see them go to extended spring training mm-hmm. and then to go to short season league in their first full full professional mm-hmm. year. Um, but, you know, it's kind of an odd situation. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't necessarily see him going that Defensively, high. Defensively, we're in profile. Like he's a third baseman. That's what he's drafted as. I mean, he's got the arm for sure to play there. Do you think he can stick at the hot corner? Is he quick enough? Uh, that's, that's always a big question with us. That's going to be the question. And the, and the thing is, we've said that a lot about guys over the years, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, Miguel Snow. Is Miguel Snow going to be quick enough to play third base? Is Chris Bryant going to be quick enough to play third base? You know, I, I think that ultimately... People, teams make that work as long as you hit. You know, if you hit, you have yeah. power. And I think Joe Price has that kind of profile power. He's got all fields power. He can he can prank it opposite field. He can turn on it and pull it. It's massive power and bat speed. Uh, and he's also very young, which is, is the point uh, to, to mention. I think he's 17, 8 months. So he's definitely 17. Mm-hmm. Not sure exactly how young he is. But young guy, you know, take a shot on him. Royals uh, pick three times today. 14th pick in the draft. They take Nick Prado, first baseman of Huntington Beach. Again, we talk track record. Track record for a high school guy. It's going to be hard to have much more track record than yeah. Nick Prado has. MJ Melendez, we talked about the coach's kid, catcher from uh, Westminster Christian in Palmetto Bay, Florida. And then uh, Evan Steele, lefty, the second Chipotle guy taking. Because we a lot of those are going to be coming. Yeah, we're going to see a lot more of those coming. From the uh, JUCO uh, national champs. Yeah, we should probably get Chipotle for for day three. Yeah, that would be a huge fan of that. I'm, I'm always a fan of Chipotle. Yeah, well, we should get like maybe ten Chipotle <laughs> burritos because they're probably one for each Chipotle yeah. guy who's yeah. going to be taken on, on day three. There's going to be a lot of Chipotles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a word, but just made it happen. but Nick Prado. So Nick Prado, 14th overall. That again, you you say okay, this is not going to be just the step in and. Here's your Eric Hosmer replacement because Nick Prado is not going to be ready in time. I mean, Eric Hosmer's contract is up real soon. Um, but you do can't you can't help but think about the fact that this is a team that's had Eric Hosmer as their first baseman now for really more than half a decade, and then they go out and they get uh, they they draft another polished guy who could also pitch. Eric Hosmer could do that too. So yeah, that's and, interesting. They, yeah, I mean, with, with Prado, um, you get the bat, it's, it's really that simple. The, the, uh, the pitching for him is really, he's really good. He'd be a really good two-way player if he went to college. Mm-hmm. Guy's going to hit. The best hitter yeah. in our class. He, he, probably. I, I wouldn't go, personally, just based on what I saw mm-hmm. only, I wouldn't go that far, but I'm sure that the Royals probably yeah. feel that way if they ended up with the guy. Um, the, the thing with him, the development of his power in the fall, uh, you know, I had guys say, hey, we always knew it was in there. But he started to show more raw power in the fall. 
uh, you know, he, he has a tendency to get a little pull happy. Uh, you know, he, we talk, I think we talked about him earlier. He stands yeah, really right. close to the plate. You know, he has, has a chance to yank the, the ball. Um, and, you know, I think that this spring he tried to hit for more power. He tried to prove that it was in there. Um, and so his results weren't quite what you would hope for. He didn't bat 600 like you'd hope a high school first baseman would if you take him in the first round. I think he was closer to 350 or something. Uh, but the power he showed was there. We'll see. I mean, the track record of high school first baseman that go in the first round is actually pretty solid. Um, actually, I would argue it's probably better than the college first baseman going in the first round. Yeah, I mean, because you have to prove yourself to mm-hmm. go that high. You, like, teams have to be really convicted. Speaking, again, we're speaking of Eric Osmer, I think third overall in the... Uh, yeah, and... And it's not like the Royals went off the board to take Nick Prado. He, I mean, he's we had him a little lower in our rankings. We had him 24, 25, something like that. But Again, he would have gone. Those ranges, that's a range. He would, he would have gone in the next yeah, 10 picks. You know, you know, he would have gone. That takes, us not, to, not a reach. that takes us to the Angels, and I think it's fair to say we love the Angels draft. Now, part of that starts with the fact that the Angels need some help. I mean, the farm mm-hmm. system is very uh, bereft, bereft, barren. You pick your adjective. But Jordan Adell, uh, 10th pick overall, uber upside, uber upside. And then Griffin Canning, a uh, right-hander at 47, who, uh, again, when you talk about what he did this year, what he's shown, uh, that looks like a really good pick at 47. Yeah. yeah, I got a chance to talk to Jordan Adell this year. Super polished kid. I mean, he's one of these toolsy outfielders. We, we have a ton of these guys in this class. He's really taken the strides with his... Uh, his bat-to-ball skills this season, he has like 24 home runs. Uh, it's not the greatest competition, but he's got great power, great arm in the outfield, extremely athletic, so he's raw right now. I think you could say that pretty safely, but I mean, he, he has some of the highest upside in the class. Yeah, and if those, uh, those tools translate, this guy might be the, the best player in the whole class. It's, it's that yeah, simple. Yeah. He, now, he has now, that possibility. No, that's, that's a big if. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know how, I mean, in the summer, you know, he had a lot of swing and miss, even at pitches in the strike zone. There, there were issues there mm-hmm. in the summer. He corrected. He did everything he could ask. He got a lot better. Uh, you know, there are still some, some people who doubt whether those adjustments are going to hold up mm-hmm. because he's facing guys throwing 76 mile an hour, you know, fastballs. It's, that, it's not great competition. If that, you know, um, you know, he's a risk, but he could end up being really good. The uh, canning pick, I like the canning pick. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a medical situation there, apparently. Um, his MRI is not, not the prettiest. Um, but, you know, what is pretty is the stuff that comes out of his hand. Um, you know, it's, it's a lively low to mid-90s fastball. He spins both a, a, a slider and a curveball pretty well. He shows you a pretty good changeup. You know, on the right night, if you go in at a uh, given time, you might see either one of his pitches be a plus pitch and him throwing tens of strikes and, getting swings and misses at, at the highest level mm-hmm. of collegiate baseball. So, good pick there. Yeah. Hard not to like that one. Okay, keeping it in L.A., we go to the Dodgers. Uh, again, you talk about a guy where he went. Jaron Kendall, I'll say personally, I, you know, I'm worried about the swing and miss and all. And if Jaron Kendall had gone in the top ten, I would have said, ooh, you know, I'm really worried about swing and miss. Yeah. The athleticism you get, the power potential you get, the speed you get, the defense you get mm-hmm. – at 23, well, that's a whole different uh, that's a whole different equation. He goes 23rd, and they also get uh, Texas right-hander Morgan Cooper at, at 62. It's interesting that Kendall is a guy we touched on after talking about Adele. I feel like there are a lot of similarities between these two. Maybe yeah. 
know, I'm off base there, but I feel like there's a lot of similar stuff going on. You got the tools like you mentioned, and obviously the big question with Kendall is the swing and miss. That's probably why I felt number 23. But mm-hmm. Midwestern boys, both on the uh, the Chicago White Sox area code team mm-hmm. in, in high school. Um, you know, with, with Kendall, you're probably gonna have to do a swing reconstruction. Um, talking, they didn't do much for them this spring. Did they? No, I mean, and the thing is, did they have to? Mm-hmm. That is the question. If you look at um, the just the the performance for the collegiate level, mm-hmm. he got the job done. Yep. Uh, and batting average on balls in play was around 380, which is exceptional. Um, he just has to put the ball and play more. Um, he's got a tendency to pull even the outside pitch. He's very pull oriented. Uh, does not use his lower half wall in his swing, and that's scary to me. Yeah. How how much power he could have? Yeah, if you just look when at he, he becomes a little more fluid and athletic. With you the look swing. at the power that actually translated this season. It was his best offensive year from a power perspective. He yeah, had 15 I mean, home runs compared to uh, nine and eight the previous two seasons. So that translated to. And he's a he's a top scale runner. He's mm-hmm. gonna play center field and he's got arm strength. So there's. You know, all the tools are there for this guy to be really, really good. You reinvent the swing, maybe you get this. Maybe this guy does become a 260 hitter. If, if, if that, if you get that, if you get an average bat out of this guy, Watch out. he's going to play center if field and hit 30 bombs and steal a ton of bases and turn singles into doubles, doubles into triples. You know, score. If he's a 40 hitter, he's a solid big leader, I would say. Yeah. And I mean, I, again, and not, that doesn't mean he's not going to have the impact if he's a 40 hitter, but he's a guy who you can map a path to getting regular ABs as a 40 hitter. Now, the caveat to that is there's a reason he went 23rd, and there are a lot of people who didn't think he'd become a 40 hitter. Mm-hmm. A no, of, again, a lot he, of people didn't he has work to do. He's not a put him in the big leagues right now and be a 40 hitter. There's going to have to be some development to get to that point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I, I do imagine you're probably going to add a uh, leg kick. Uh, you're going to add something to get his to improve his timing a little bit, give him some, a little more rhythm. Maybe give him a toe tap, something like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of play with it, that a little bit. But there's a lot to play with. Marlins, for the third time in four years, take a high school pitcher in the first round. Uh, they did it with Tyler Kolek. They did it with Braxton Garrett. And now they do it at pick 13 with uh, lefty Trevor Rogers from New Mexico. Then uh, center fielder, outfielder Brian Miller, pick 36. And then 51, Joe Dunan. They stay in North Carolina for, the, for two picks. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina and NC State. And but Rogers is the guy I think you know that, that obviously jumps out here because a little old for the high school class, mm-hmm. but uh, but the fastball command is advanced. Yeah, I really like Rogers in this class. The first time I saw him was at the Perfect Game Classic in San Diego. Performed there, I think he threw like an inning. Most of the pitchers threw just an inning there. But what I liked about him was the extension seemed really good, and I think the numbers kind of bear that out when you look at the trackman data. Uh, Rogers is a guy who can throw into the mid nineties, but he doesn't even always use that because he just doesn't need to. I talked to a scout who said he's got so much below in the tank that he just doesn't even go to because he knows he doesn't use it. He's very low-key on the mound in that regard. Uh, some teams knock him for it, but clearly the Marlins in. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's a lively fastball. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also kind of a lower three-quarter arm slot, but really fluid and easy. And great body, great athleticism. Sliders, you know, breaking balls going to need work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing is, the thing is, he's gonna he is gonna be twenty years old in the fall. Um, and so you do talk about a, a guy who needs a little more development. That, that's probably that's the negative side uh, of, of him. But goodness, the positives are really really appealing. Uh, you know the two North Carolina college picks. Um, you know Denand, I think is justifiable there. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know we didn't have him as high. He started um, a little slow. Started slow. Uh, personally, I don't have a lot of convictions in his, his pure ability to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that 
that has been echoed by some of my sources as well. Um, I'm guessing they, they think he's going to have enough to get to his power, which is really is elite raw power. Um, this guy can hit him mm-hmm. a long way. And then Brian Miller getting a no-doubt center fielder. Yep. He's got if a great story, walk-on. Yeah. Turned himself from really a, a non-prospect into a second-round guy. Yeah, and, and uh, John Manuel and I will, will have a... Probably going to put it on our bet board now, now but uh, we'll have a, a healthy debate on his his ultimate power for the next several years. Where that's going to be, he did show more power. He grew into more this year. Um, I still have it as a forty um, at best. John has a little little more conviction in him, but if he gets if he does get to that power, whew, heck of a pick thirty six. Takes us to the Brewers. I'm getting it up on my phone here because uh, but the Brewers have uh, Keston Hura the. Uh, Pure bat uh, hitting, pure bat, uh, maybe the best college bat in this class, one up easily, yep. uh, but also Tristan did not Lutz. did not play, uh, you know, did not play in the field this year. So there is that. Mm-hmm. Tristan Lutz, Caden Lemons, um, but I, again, I like, I really like the Brewers are obviously so far this year doing more than expected at the big league level, um, but really when you look at this Brewers team, you see a team that's rebuilding still and. It, it, you know, at the end, this, you look at this draft, and to me, it, it is something where it, it, you see where it fits very well in with what they're doing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens on Keston here mm-hmm. defensively, if, if they are going to try him uh, throwing. I know he was getting close to being ready to throw when I talked to him. In interesting that a, that a National League team took him that high. I kind of thought an American League team would be a better fit for him at that, but they're confident in the arm. Yeah, I mean... And, and the thing is, we always talk about, oh, he doesn't have a good arm, or mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't have this or that, but if he can hit, they're going to find a spot for you, and he, he can hit, he's got power. Uh, I mean, he's got, like, mostly opposite field power. Yeah. He doesn't really turn on a lot of pitches. Uh, but with him, you know, how much arm do you really need mm-hmm. to to, play, to be a good big leader, given you how, how good his offensive mm-hmm. tools are? We have an analytics post at BaseballAmerica.com that says he's the best hitter in, in college. Had the best season. I would say the way yeah, best season in college, perform, best performer. Yeah, I mean, when you normalize when he hit for like 440, and you know, you see Irvine, and he hit for a ton of power, too. So you're getting an exciting one him there. But if you don't want to talk about power, Tristan Lutz has got to talk about that. That guy's got stupid power. Uh, he runs well. He's got a chance to play center, probably ends up in a corner. But a good value pick there. I mean, I assume that's probably going to be an overslot deal at 34. Um, maybe a little bit underslot on, on here. I'm not not keen on that yet. And then Caden Lemons, whew, that guy might throw triple digits. You know, the his slider improved this year. He high ceiling guy. Caden Lemons is Gumby body comp. I mean, it's 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 a really thin guy <laughs> with a lot of room to fill. Maybe Gumby's not. Gumby's a little wider. Yeah, Gumby and yeah, just run over. Him. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> ragdoll body yeah. comp. Yeah, maybe that's a, a better one. So, again, we talked about the Reds, what a great draft, because picking two helps. If you pick one, it's even easier to have a really good draft. But, uh, but Royce, the Twins, Royce Lewis, Brent Rooker, and Landon Leach, especially. The Twins got Royce Lewis, who, by, yes, I know that you could say that Royce Lewis was the third, the fourth, the fifth best player in this draft. But you could also make the argument he was the best player in this draft. He was in that, he was in that discussion. Mm-hmm. But then Brent Rooker, they got the the SEC's easily best player this year, who put on a monster show as well. So uh, potentially two, uh, you know, two bats. Two impactful ones, potentially. Yeah, I mean, 
And then Lynn Leach is no slouch either. He's another one who fits that category of guy people kept telling me to move up. I didn't move up enough. Um, has not been pitching very long, uh, but has a great body. He's got a great arm stroke. First Canadian off the board. Yeah, that was expected, uh, you know, the way that the Canadians played out this spring. Um, but you're talking about a guy who's low, low 90s, projects to probably be mid-90s, um, shows the ability to spin the ball, and, you know, great body. I mean, this guy looks like he's going to throw hard. Um, and he's exceptionally raw, doesn't necessarily know how to pitch yet. Ceiling's high on him. And that's your third pick? I mean, well, the <laughs> Now let me ask you, Brent Rooker, I know that there are going to be some people who listen to this and say, how does Brent Rooker last as long as he did? Because they're going to look at the numbers and say, I mean, a guy who, who basically was going for the SEC Triple Crown, who was among the nation's leaders in a vast majority of the categories, offensive categories. And really what it comes down to, is it fair to say, defensively he's not going to, is there's questions about where he's going to play. He's probably not going to be a huge asset wherever he plays. And as great as the season is, there still is some question about does that translate into him being a true impact big league hitter? Yeah, no, that's all fair. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately, at the end of the day, we're looking at uh, we're looking at tools and and tools tools and the likelihood of actualizing those tools, right? And, what does this guy have? This guy has one of the better swings in the class. This guy's got a ton of power. He barrels fat, fastballs like it's easy. Mm-hmm. 95, I don't care. Going to go opposite <laughs> field tank here. I mean, and, and he, he's shown the ability to, to recognize spin down the stretch. And, and that, to me, is the biggest development of his whole season. You know, I, I saw this guy in the Cape. I, I saw this guy, you know, as an underclassman. This is his MO. So he chased breaking balls. Can really trust him, strike zone judgment wise. Maybe a little bit stiff for some people, mm-hmm. and limited defensive value. Now it's oh goodness, it's a beautiful swing. He's barreled fastballs. He did it in the best competition you could have for for, for an amateur player. That's the best competition you're gonna face. It's, it's the SEC. There, there's there's a commercial. It's the SEC. It's a little different here. Whatever <laughs> it thing. matters more. It matters more. It ma- does matter more when you go in and you go rake like and Brett Rooker does. Well, it matters more because you're also having more fans in, in the stands for every game than you do anywhere else in college baseball. Yeah, but I mean, as I say this, I am the <laughs> SEC representative. <laughs> it matters more. <laughs> but, okay, moving on. Yeah, Mets. Let's move on. Mets. Mets. Uh, the Mets. The Mets love their pitching. Uh, they did it last year. They're doing it again this year in the draft. Uh, David Peterson, lefty from Oregon, 20th pick, and then they go Mark Vientos, likely third baseman long term, uh, with the uh, 59th pick. But Peterson at 20, <laughs> it was crazy to think that the Mets could need pitching, but the Mets kind of need pitching right now with all the injuries yeah. and all. And, and Peterson could help that in the not immediate future, but in the not too distant future. Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh... A big strong lefty with, uh, with good stuff. Not not great stuff, but good stuff and solid yeah. stuff. He's a, he's more of a back end guy than an ace. But yeah, I mean he's close to it though. And, and I think the other thing with him is you're probably hoping that his command and deception allow him to play up even more. So um, you know does have a pretty good slider. Fastball is going to have average type velocity, but he's going to be able to move it around the zone to go inside or out with it. He just knows how to pitch, and he's, he's got a long track record of success and improvement. Again, to plug the site, Mike Lanana has a really good story on how David Peterson has kind of progressed this year with Oregon, so check that out for sure. Uh, and then Vientos, he feels like a good value pick at 59. Yeah, I mean, I actually 40. thought he was going to be in play for them 
at 20. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that was, I had heard that rumor at, at some point today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm sure they're thrilled that he was able to, they were able to get him at 59. You're talking about one of the youngest players in the entire class, maybe 17 in six months, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, Vientos, I think, is going to be a power bat. I think ultimately, you know, you see him, it's it's a little bit like Will Benson last year, not, not comparing him at all, but in, in terms of, He'll get caught out front, right, and so roll over that 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 pitch. When he learns his timing a little bit better, and you can project on a guy who's seventeen and a half to improve his timing. Uh, when he starts to really square up those balls, the ball's going to go far. Because mm-hmm. man, does he hit some hard ground balls when he rolls over. Uh, and then when he's pitched away and he gets his arm arms fully extended and hits those screaming line drives to the opposite field. I mean, I talk about screaming line drives to the opposite field like it's my job. I love that treat in a young hitter. He, he has shown that. I mean, not going to play shortstop, probably. All right. Power bat. Yankees. We're rolling along. <laughs> we're, before we fall asleep here, we're going to roll through. Uh, Yankees uh, take Clark Schmidt with their first pick, 16th pick. TJ guy. Uh, and when, when we say TJ guy, currently recovering, um, I, he can uh, share tips with... Uh, James Caprellian uh, probably before too long, you know, kind of hanging out rehabbing in the uh, in the uh, in the rehab wing and at Tampa. But high makeup guy again, putting a plug in for the site. Mike Lanana wrote a really good story about Clark Smith. You know, go to baseballamerica.com. We also tweeted it tonight. You can find it there. And then key thing with this, I think, you know, again, you have to think of these as portfolios, not just one pick. Mm-hmm. Matt Sauer at fifty four. They probably with Schmidt at 16, considering the TJ and all, it's probably not a massive haircut, but they probably do save a little yeah. bit on slot there. And that helps them to go and get a guy at 54, who the reason Matt Sauer was there at 54 was because he's probably going to get more than what the slot is at 54. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I know around that time we were waiting for his name to be called. He was going to take this guy, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I like them both. <laughs> Yeah. Don't do the athletics. Uh, Austin Beck, number six. Kevin Merrill, 33. And Greg Dykeman, number 43. Seems like kind of a toolsy, toolsy draft for the athletics. <laughs> toolsy, uh, you know, it is. It's, it's bringing in guys who there could be some impact there. Mm-hmm. Significant impact. I mean, you look at last year, they, it was pitcher, 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 pitcher. Give me all of the pitchers. Mm-hmm. The, the, early and often, they went to, especially the college pitching market, Opposite this year, you know, they take a high school bat. Uh, I don't believe Eric Kubota has has taken a high school bat, uh, the, the A scouting director since uh, since Addison Russell. Worked out pretty well. They had to take Trina trade them, but it worked. That, out that really looks well. okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you hold on to him next time, but it worked out really well. Yeah, maybe we'll hold on to this guy. Um, you know, this guy is cool shit. I mean, seventy bat mm-hmm. speed plus power. Plus runner, chance to play center field. And the thing plus about arm, is, nasty competitors going to go get you. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about Austin Beck. The thing about it is, is and there it is, and he, there's a lot of things to like about Austin Beck. Again, when you say about taking toolsy guys, he's not the fastest guy they drafted today. No. Because that's Kevin Merrill. He doesn't have the best power they drafted today because that's Greg Dykeman. I mean, that's because, crazy. and again, that's not a knock on. Austin Beck is easily the most well rounded of all those guys. But what they did is, is after that, they get a guy who Kevin Merrill has, you know, uh, an eight on the card. You know, at speed, is it not? Yeah, sometimes we say, like, oh, this guy would be a 90 runner. This guy would be, like, a 100 runner. <laughs> like, if we were going 20 to 80 scale, this guy is, like, 
flies around the bases. He's got a quick lefty swing, left-handed swing. He performed really well this season. Um, you know, I, I figure where we had him ultimately. We had, we had him in the top 50. I think he he made, makes total sense there at 33 for them. And like, goodness, that guy's got power. And it's, got power. it's moonshots. And the the thing that'll be interesting will be see how that power is going to translate to Wood when he's playing every day. Um, you know, same thing with Austin Beck. I think Austin Beck's going to have plenty of Wood bat power. Um, you know, so the, the righty lefty uh, swings. Uh, Austin Beck being a right-handed hitter, Dykeman left-handed hitter. So there's that difference. But uh, Dykeman hit for a ton of power in the SEC. Got the job done. Philly, I mean, yeah, uh, Phillies, we go with Adam Hazley, the Virginia center fielder. I believe that was Virginia went 7-8. Remember right, Payton Smith 7, Adam Hazley 8. And then the Phillies come back in the second round, Cal Poly right-hander Spencer Howard. Hazley is just, uh, hey, personally, if I got my choice between Payton Smith and Adam Hazley, I'm taking Adam Hazley. Uh, that's just, you know, I, I want the guy who... Maybe he can stay in center. Maybe he can't, but maybe he can. Um, you know, and uh, again, we're talking about a, a pretty polished bat too. But Mickey Boniak and Adam Hazley back to back in the first round for the Phillies. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, they like their hitters. Well, it's pure hit. It's, and that's that's exactly. It. I mm-hmm. think it's, it's it comes down to the pure hit um, tool. And there's immense track record. We talk about it with with Payton Smith, but there's also plenty of track record for Adam Hazley. I mean, he was here at the, the National High School Invitational in Cary in 2014, mm-hmm. I believe that was, um, with yep. uh, with the first yeah. academy, or uh, forget which high school he's at. Uh, um, same as uh, Logan. No, he's on the same college team as Logan Norman. Foster Griffin is. First academy. The point is, plenty of track record. Uh, grew into some power this year, really hit for power this year. So, uh, fantastic. Pick, I think it ain't totally justifiable, makes sense. Spencer Howard, I'm still upset with myself on how low we had Spencer Howard. Guy's big, physical, does it easy. It makes sense. He fits that high. Uh, you know, we didn't have him super high. I think maybe would have been a. I don't think we even, if, even if we had moved him up, I don't think we would have moved him up that high. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think we would But because you still, you still have some uncertainty here, but he pitched well down the stretch and yep. easy delivery. Uh, moving on to the Pirates, uh, portfolio again, Shane Boz, Stephen Jennings, Calvin Mitchell, Connor Usselton. When you talk about the whole portfolio there, I, Calvin Mitchell, there's some risk there. You know, did not have a good spring, uh, but had a, a well, pretty, he had a bad start to the spring. Bad start to the spring, especially. Yeah. But, but again, to take him at 50, and especially to take him at 50, when you then add Connor Usselton at 72 as well, and you already have two premium High impact uh, high school arms ahead of them. Again, it helps to pick four times today. But yeah, how about four prep guys for for the Pirates. It's yeah, I mean you get you get two high ceiling pitchers and two high ceiling hitters. And then, you know, the uh, Calvin Mitchell. If you would have asked me coming into the spring if he goes if he's available at fifty, I said, would have said no shot. Mm-hmm. That guy probably goes in the, the teens or the twenties. As bad as that good, uh, gets off to a slow start this spring. But ultimately, at the end, he, the averages there, the powers there, the on-base percentages there, you know, he checks all the boxes really mm-hmm. as a hitter. Defensively, there are questions: is he good? Enough, is he good enough to play left field? I mean, he's very slow-footed. He's he's a minus-minus runner. Um, you can't. We've been talking about plus-plus, minus-minus. But that's I think that tells you how good his bat is. Yeah. Right? Well, when I tell you how how this guy's not a runner, he's not a defender. He doesn't have a good arm. It's below average arm. That's, that should tell you how good he is as a hitter. 
Because if he's got those on the card, and he goes in, he goes 50th overall. I mean, he's left-handed hitter, really, really loose, fluid swing. You know, power is in there when he wants to get to it, when he tries to get to it, still learning how to use that power. But a potent potential bat, middle of the lineup type bat. San Diego. San Diego, I would say that this was a more conventional draft than I expected. last. Which year, is unconventional for them. Which is unconventional, because <laughs> last year, you know, the Padres, it was very much about... Hey, we're going to take this guy, Quantrill, at the top, and then we're going to save some money on the next pick, but we're going to spend it on the next four after that, and all that. It was very, you know, it was very uh, creative, as uh, a way to put it. This is Mackenzie Gore at three, who very much was a consensus guy at that spot. Mm-hmm. Luis Camposano, uh, Bracero, I believe the first uh, catcher off the board. Yep. Yes. Just, yes. just out of MJ Melendez. And then they say, yeah, we haven't gotten enough catchers yet. <laughs> Blake Hunt. Which, they've done this before, because if you remember right, the year they took Austin Hedges, they didn't sign him, but it was Austin Hedges, they took Austin Hedges, sorry, next year, then they took Brett, Brett Austin, I believe. Hmm. So, they've, they've kind of doubled up on this before, but, again, that's more kind of guys in the spots where you kind of expect them than, hey, we're going to save some money here, and then we're going to push a guy down, and... Yeah, I, I didn't know they had two catchers until we're just looking at it now. There's so many drafts that's going on. But we talked about the catcher class being weak in this class, and then the Padres go and grab two of them. It's almost like in, uh, in fantasy football when you start to just like take all the kickers mm-hmm. at the end <laughs> so you can trade them because yeah. your friends are going to be like, going to try to get the kickers from you because they need a kicker. But like the. Doesn't work that way in baseball. It doesn't work that way in baseball. I mean, you can't trade guys until, you know. After six months after the, the draft, or at the end of the World oh, Series. Oh, no, we need the catcher for our, our rookie level club. So, we're screwed. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of odd, odd to do both of those guys. Um, I mean, you take best player available. Yep. I mean, that's, that's what their draft was, and that's what they said their draft would be publicly. And But the thing that they is. They did it every time, I think. I think they thought those guys were the best player. When but, they took. but it is interesting with that is there's one thing that that does create, not short term, but long term is. If you have two guys, they didn't take a college guy catcher and a high school catcher. You take one of you take two, and when if they're both ready for low A at the same time, you either have to you know you do the share where they rotate, they DH and all, or eventually one of them has to kind of speed up a little bit because you you really again nowadays high school catchers your catchers don't catch 120 games in the minors or anything like that. But you do want to get a guy eventually up to where he's catching those 70 to 90 games and. He, one of those guys is going to have to speed up, and one of them is going to have to slow down for that to happen because you can't do that for two guys. In the yeah, same I think, I think uh, you will probably be talking about that for several years. Mm-hmm. The, those two being at the same level with each other, and they're both, uh, you know, Hunt's a probably, you know, Hunt's a pretty good defender. Like to me, just pure <laughs> receiving wise, I think he's one of the better, has some of the better hands. He's got mm-hmm. a plus arm, uh, has pull power, run into it kind of power. Less track record than Camposano. Mm-hmm. Camposano got a lot better in the spring. Really trimmed up his body. Uh, second cousin of Pedro Martinez. There's you know, used to go down to the Dominican and catch those guys. So he's got pretty good natural hands. Uh, struggles with with some pitches in certain locations, but uh, his lateral mo- lateral mobility was a lot better this spring uh, with his his weight loss and get, just being in better shape. So high ceiling there. Uh, it's gonna be odd to see how they handle that. Yeah, Giants with an interesting draft. Giants, we're we're rolling around and I you know we're we're, we're nearing the end here. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, five to go after this. Uh, Helio Ramos, Jacob Gonzalez. Uh, I know that you're a you're, you're a Ramos fan. Oh goodness, I love this guy. I love this guy. I mean, 
Star of Under Armour last uh, summer. Yeah, I mean, you might be Yasiel Puig with good makeup. Can you imagine what, <laughs> what that's like? I mean, and I, I say that because he's kind of like, he's not tall, but he's like, he's not really short, but he's like six foot. Mm-hmm. Goodness, he's he's built like a brick house, man. And he's tooled up. He's got really fluid wrists plus bad speed. He, he's got a tendency to expand the zone a little bit just because he trusts his hands so much. Um I mean, when he connects, goodness, that ball jumps off his mm-hmm. bat. Uh, he's a plus for, plus or better runner. He's got a chance to play center field. He's got a big arm. Not all tools. Makes sense at 19. Seattle, uh, they have two picks, 17 and 55. I'm going to say it right now. Again, I'm not saying they have the best draft tonight because I'll take the guys who pick one and two. Mm-hmm. But You love you some Evan White. I love me some Evan White. I love me some Sam Carlson. For a team... That essentially had, like, I mean, you pick 17 and 55, the draft is not coming to you. But the draft came to them because Evan White is 17. Now, the thing I don't know is is you get Sam Carlson at 55. I'm assuming at that point where you're going to have Florida signee, you're going to have to do some things later on. Because I don't think you're going to get a big haircut from Evan White that's paying for that. You're going to probably have to do it later on. You're probably going to see that their draft tomorrow creates some room to pay Sam Carlson what you're going to have to pay Sam Carlson. That said, Evan White, Sam Carlson, love that draft. Goodness, you could, you could justify Sam Carlson 17. Oh, and you could justify Evan White even higher than 17, too. I think that's about as low as we figured he could go. Yeah, I mean... Lately. Yeah, the lately, I mean, we moved him up towards the end. He finished number 12 on the BA 500. Uh, I don't know if I have anything to add. The guy can hit. Okay, they did it well. Uh, the Rays, they go number four and take Brendan McKay uh, at 31. Drew. 1B slash LHP. Yep, there you go. Drew Rasmussen. Is that how we're pronouncing it? Mm-hmm. And rah, then rah, uh, number 40, Michael Mercado. Hey, Carlos, do we have a story about Michael Mercado at Baseball America? Definitely check that out. Uh, Mercado was one of the, I guess, late risers in this class. He's in uber projectable guy he's 6'5 his pitching coach told me he might be closer to 6'6 six, six. he's still growing super thin in the low 90s with his fastball right now touches 94 95 uh, he throws four pitches really well uh, knows how to use the two seam fastball and get himself out of games a, a little quicker when his other stuff isn't working really smart guy uh, we also have the video to his pregame routine which is very elaborate um, pitching coach Jim or uh, Pat Edmonds over there he or Edwards excuse me he uh, kind of took some stuff from Driveline, took some stuff from uh, Arizona State, really advanced pitching program that they're on over there, and uh, it's paid off for Michael McConnell. Oh, gosh, I love that pick. Mm-hmm. So, and that's your third guy. Man. I was going to say, no, guys. I mean, we know what the Rays do with pitchers. We know, mm-hmm. we know consistently, time and time again, they take guys in the second, fourth, eighth round, and they get big leaguers. They show them how to throw a changeup. They, they develop their bodies. Goodness, you get Michael Mercado in this pitching system? Are you kidding me? And that's your third pick? <laughs> and you got Brandon McKay? Oh my goodness. He's a fan. Goodness, their system's trended in, in the right direction over the past few years. Just got a whole lot better today. And Drew Rasmussen, you know, if, if Drew Rasmussen wasn't hurt coming into the spring, he probably doesn't get to 31. The way he pitched. Mid nineties, good off speed. Come on, man! Look, this, this is crazy. So yeah, <laughs> like this class a lot. Now this was so much a Rangers draft. Mm-hmm. This couldn't. <laughs> this couldn't have been more of a Rangers draft. 
You want your upside? I mean, the Braves always talk about we're upside, we're yeah. upside, we're upside. The Rangers are picking 26, 29, and 66. And they say, no, no, no. You take Kyle Wright. <laughs> Kyle Wright is a college guy mm-hmm. who's had track record and all. We're going to go Bubba Thompson, Chris Cease, Hans Krause. We are going to put all the chips, and we're not betting it on red or black. We're going to put it on green. You know, We're going to go, you know, but the payoff if it pays off, is going to be massive. Doesn't always work for them. You know, there are drafts that the Rangers have done this where you look back on it and go, ooh, that did not work. <laughs> but they also have drafts where it has paid off and they've gotten the Joey Gallows of the world and they've gotten the Lewis Brinsons of the world and all that. And you look at that, it just, again, Bubba Thompson, the arrow is pointing up, you know, really, really strong spring. At extreme athlete. Uh, Hans Kraus, uh, again, when you talk about just upside arms, that's an upside arm. That is a high upside arm. This is a risk-reward draft. So well, I love it. I love it. I'm all in on this one, too. I mean, like, I don't know where to start. Bob Thompson was in the discussion this morning for being going in the top ten, and you know, that would have been an underpay, but I don't think it would have been un- unjustifiable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you give him a 26, you're getting... Tool shed, power, speed. People impressed with the hit tool right now this spring, more so than they were last summer. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Chris Cease, guy's going to play shortstop. We know that. I mean, we don't know how much we're, we're going to ultimately get hit tool-wise. I've, I've, the, on the low end, I've, I've had guys say he's, he's Giovanni Meyer... Uh, yeah, Gio. Yeah, Gio Mir. Yeah, the, which that's that's not you're not comfortable on here now because Gio was not a big league as as a defender. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he does have plus bat speed. He shows some power. Again, it makes sense. Very limit. Very few shortstops in this mm-hmm. class, especially at that point in the draft. And then oh, by the way, Hans Kraus. If, if Hans Kraus makes it as a starter, if he gets a little bit stronger, he does make it as a starter. Wow. I mean, you've got you're gonna have an eighty fastball that's gonna go for seven innings. I mean, this guy. Does touch 96, 97 in the late innings. Mm-hmm. So that's not necessarily your concern. Your concern is that delivery, it's a high back elbow inversion kind of deal. Um, you're also going to have some, some growing up. There's going to be some growing pains for, for Alex Cross. But I think with what he's been through as a young man, he's been through quite a bit with his family situation. Uh, and he's a fiery, fiery competitor. So if I tell you, hey, you're going to get a, get a really, really good closer at 66 in the draft, You'd be thrilled. You're thrilled with that. And if, oh, he's got a chance to start, even better. Yep. Two more teams. Um, Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Uh, Logan Mormouth, Nate Pearson, Hagen Danner. Three picks here. They go 22, 28, 61. Mormouth, um, the first college shortstop off the board, right? Mm-hmm. First college shortstop off the board. I believe the only one. Today. Pearson, Pearson, the, the second, uh, second Juco yeah, pitcher off the board. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and, then, and then Danner as a catcher. And also, Pearson, the hardest thrower off the board today, correct? Uh, hey, no, second hardest. Hunter Green. Hunter Green, yeah. Uh, but after that, uh, you know, documented by, well, many, many sources that he was so yeah, triple. I mean, yeah, definitely triple. it was 101. I did have a couple teams that would say they had one or two at his, his, most, his bullpen a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. This is another draft that I really like. How about Danner as a catcher? I like that one. The guy's got now power. He's got a good swing. He's a competitor. He's he's caught. Uh, you know, this this is a guy. This was the guy who caught the the area code team, uh, the SoCal area code team, which which had Hunter Green, who's who was throwing a 97 mile an hour fastball, that was dancing through the zone. Uh, Matt Sauer, who had 
know, good nine, low 90s fastball then, good breaking ball. Uh, you know, Daniel Richardson, you know, Nick Prado. He's got all these arms, and he's, I've never, you know, you don't notice him. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't notice him until you go see him specifically to watch him catch. Uh, that's when you notice him. But he doesn't make a lot of mistakes back there. He's a really, really polished player. Powers is, he's not the quick twitch explosive mm-hmm. guy. Does it, does it easy? Uh, power's real right now, and he gets to it consistently. And then Mormoth, I think you're gonna, have, you know, guys gonna play shortstop. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hit. Debates on whether it's gonna be an average batter or a little bit better than that. Uh, but he's got some power too. Nate Pearson, this sky's the limit. I mean, if he went to LSU next year, he could have been a top ten, top five. Pick. He, he could have been one one. Uh, it's six six physical slider and changeup, both improving throughout the year. He also throws a curveball. I think that's probably going to get scrapped ultimately. Um, you're going to be a three-pitch guy instead of a four-pitch guy. But six-six athletic, loose, oh, gorgeous arm action. <laughs> Love this guy's arm. Turns it over really well. But, yeah. We're down to the last one, <laughs> which is good because. And then we're going to preview tomorrow. No, for, for no, we're not. Ten no, 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 we're not. I'm going Josh Norris for us. Josh Norris over there. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> But, uh, so we have the Nationals, Seth Romero at 25, which I think we've linked them to Seth Romero for, I don't know, forever. Like, since the day after he was uh, basically kicked off the team in <laughs> Houston. Uh, Will Crow at 65. Again, Seth Romero at 25. Yes, he was kicked off the team. At the same time, you are getting at 25 a player who, if he had not been kicked off the team, you would not be getting at 25. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Let him see that really fascinating to see how he starts off his minor league career. Now, again, if it was not for the fact that he had been kicked off his team, and you do wonder, like, okay, you don't want to, there is some concern. Do you want to give a guy like that uh, who's had kind of that background taste of success too quickly? Like, or how does he handle failure? Because you, if not for that, you could conceivably, with a Nationals bullpen that basically seems to, on a regular basis, carry a can of gasoline, pour it on the mound, and light it, you know, as, as the inning, as the night goes on. You could see, like, if you were dialing up the guy who could be, hey, you know, hello, Mr., you know, power reliever, he fits, he has some of those traits. Yeah. But, again, you come back to, usually the guys you move like that are the guys who are the premium makeup guys. And nothing is that, but... I think even almost by his own admission, there's some growing up there to do. That's often not the guy that you are as aggressive moving that quickly. But the Nationals need relievers. Yeah, I mean, and it's really going to come down to how he comes out of the gate. Right? Like, I think, you know, while his strikeout and walk numbers are really, really good, uh, his pure out ability mm-hmm. uh, wasn't, you know, elite. His, his pitch ability. I, I guess his results weren't, so good that you're like, oh well, yeah, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's it's like a mid threes ERA for his career there, so it's nothing crazy. Uh, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but um, and he's doing it in an okay conference, a good conference, right. an underrated conference, probably a conference that should be talked about as a power five. But um, you know, so you'll see how it translates. And he's he's kept in shape. Apparently, he's been throwing bullpens ever since he's been kicked off the team. His last uh, appearance with, with Houston was electric. It was, mm-hmm. it was mid to upper 90s because it, it was a short burst. He was ruled eligible. He pitched like the same day or the next day. He was back pretty quick, and it was all still there. So you can you can kind of dream on him. I think the situation is you, you kind of see what you get uh, as a reliever. If he's going short stints, what do you have? 
See if you can get something where he does have major league value this year. And if not, fine. You're ultimately no, going to try to develop. Right. So there's no there, there, from that standpoint, there's little harm to it because he has the innings to do it this year because he hasn't pitched as much. And again, you you you're, you speed him up this year to put the brakes back on next year and say, okay, that was great. Thank you for helping us. And now you're going to start. So mm-hmm. that's what you might you know you might see. Again, he has to sign and everything too, but. We've covered 30 teams. <laughs> Yay! It's only 1.10. It's only 1.10 in the morning Eastern. Yay! So uh, we will be back here, uh, you know, same time. We're going to do 7 a.m. Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook Live tomorrow. Too. Oh, we said 6.30. Yeah, okay. No, no. Um, but uh, but we, we do thank you for listening. We do thank you for watching if you've uh, watched us or listened. And we thank you to Baseballism for sponsoring us because Baseballism sponsors our Facebook Lives and our podcasts. And we want to remind you, as always, Visit Baseballism.com, and if you enter the code BA2017, you will get free shipping on your order. If you get a shirt, if you get a hat, they've got all kind of cool stuff. Uh, you get a uh, backpack, a leather backpack. I got a nice hoodie. You got a hoodie? Yeah. You know, so, uh, but we thank you for, uh, to Baseballism for that. We thank you to Josh Norris for being <laughs> our, uh, our engineer over there who has been... Uh, I would like to make a comment to the people who are watching right now. Aaron Judge just hit home run number 22. <laughs> Aaron Judge just hit home run 22. How many feet? It, probably 450 oppo. What's the 450 exit, oppo. Exit okay, so we'll get there. <laughs> it just happened. We'll talk. But, uh, but we thank you for that. We will be uh, continuing, obviously, at BaseballAmerica.com. We thank you. Traffic today was awesome. was incredible. Keep it up. Uh, keep coming back. If you haven't subscribed, BaseballAmerica.com slash subscribe. Gives you a chance to get. We're, we've got 750 scouting reports in the queue, words, ready reports. to go. When your team drafts a guy, our plan is is you'll right away be able to see a, a very good, solid scouting report on, on, on what that guy is. And we don't plan on doing that for rounds one and two, which we've done tonight. We're talking about three through 10 through 15. And we're going to have guys, a lot of scouting reports for guys in the 20s and the 30s. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. also going to have our 2018 watch list, uh, which is, I think we're probably going to do the top of the list. It will be free, and then the whole list will be subscriber only. Um, but that's going to be out this week, so no rush for the week. <laughs> it does not stop. A lot of great stuff. For Hudson Belinsky, Carlos Galazzo, I'm J.J. Cooper. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will be back tomorrow.